Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Morning Footy. Marco Messina, Charlie Davis, Alexis Guerreros, Nico Cantor here filling in for Susanna Collins. What's up, guys? Tuesday, Champions oh. League Day. I feel like we try like a Champions oh, background. That'd be great. Let's Morning all do it at three. <laughs> you want to do it at three? Yeah. One. Oh, wow. We're doing One, okay. two, three. La oh. <laughs> Champions League uh, group, United's group, Group A, which is the crazy one. But these are all the fixtures that we have on tap for you on Golasso Network. It's a nice little treat. Group B action at 12.45 kicks off and we've got Lons Sevilla for you. And then... Uh, the Champions League pregame show starts up at 2, and then at 3 p.m., that whole slate of games with Napoli Braga in, on the Golasso Network in a game where Napoli just shouldn't lose by two goals, right? And then they would be through. You never know. But before we get there, I, I, know, you're, I know you're jumping. No, I'm <laughs> calm. I'm calm. I feel good. Group A action. I think that's where all of our minds are at because Manchester United is on the verge of elimination in the Champions League, and not only that, Europe full stop. Essentially, what they need is a win. draw between They have to win I, first. Okay. You have to beat Bayern Munich mm-hmm. first. So that's the obstacle you need to focus on. You cannot think about Copenhagen Galatasaray. That has to be completely out of your mind. Right. Because if you, you have win, to you're win in. first. You win, you're in. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. Okay. Copenhagen Galatasaray needs Let, to tie. This is, this is where we're going first. Because right. they're not in control of their own destiny, I think for the sake of the general permutations, the only result that can put Manchester United through to the next round from the other game is a draw. They need Copenhagen and Galatasaray to draw, and obviously, because they sit last, they need to take care of business in Old Trafford. Now, I don't know what Bayern Munich is gonna look like because they're through as group winners. This game for them is essentially a wash, right? Obviously, for the sake of winning, and that's probably not the Mia San Mia style. It's mm-hmm. not the Bayern Munich style where, okay, let's field all of our kids. No. I don't know if it'll be the strongest lineup for, for Bayern. What type of game do you visualize? I think Bayern are going to take the chance to rotate. I, I don't fo- see them putting their best 11 out there to win this match. If it's not the A squad, it's probably going to be a B squad. I don't think they're going to go with like a C or like he said kids. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to go with a, oh, there's a couple of starters and here's a couple of folks who usually come in as substitutions. No? 
Yeah, I, I think Harry Kane will start. I still think Harry Kane will right. play. Uh, this, is, this is a big game because even Manchester United, if they don't go through the knockout stages, you need to be in Europa League. If you lose this game, you are out of Europe, period. Mm-hmm. So this is a big test for Tanag. Huge. I actually think that it hurts. I think for Bayern, maybe they would have done that. But after coming off a 5-1 loss to Frankfurt, the newspapers, everyone was talking. You, you even see Tuchel, the, what he had to say to the media about the team not responding to him. I think he's going to come out and he wants to win. This is an opportunity to put all of that negativity behind you. I think even their B team is good enough oh, yeah. to play against Manchester United. They've shown it. They need to be better, obviously, in the back uh, and in the midfield when they build out of the back. You, but. Do you think their B team is better than Bournemouth? <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to uh, our producer, Dan Calhoun. But, um, Cut off his mic, hey, yeah. hey, all I'm saying is United have been the most, one of the most inconsistent teams throughout the Premier League. Ten Hag won the Premier League Manager of the Month. Harry, Harry Maguire won Player of the Month. Premier League. Premier League. Right? So you go from that to three, losing 3-0 three to Bournemouth. But also you lost to Newcastle at Newcastle. So now you're playing Bayern Munich. Yes, and they're coming off the 5-1. People are going to be motivated mm-hmm. to, to put that behind them, like you said. Yeah, they're not going to want two losses. If Harry Kane is playing, my man always gets opportunities. And my question is, if you are Eric Ten Hag and you look at your roster, you look at your squad, who, who do you think – he can say he can lean on and say this is this this is the person who's going to have a big game a big game for me in the Champions McDominay. League. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have to be. He's been the guy that's getting a lot of goals lately. It's going to have to be. Or 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 Hoyland in reality. When you he's got so no much goals. Money, I mean, no, in, in, in Champions League, League, in Champions League, Champions League, League he's he's been Manchester United's best. And when you pay so much money in such a dire situation, I wonder how long it's gonna take before the crowd starts turning because we've seen we've seen that already um do you feel like they're gonna be playing on edge yeah the entire game when when you look at i'm italian i love defense right i I love not conceding goals they've conceded 14 goals it's the second most in the champions league group stage they could break records for the worst possible reasons if they concede one more two more they concede 15 16 goals which has never happened for uh, an english club in this competition when you've got a leaky defense, it makes everything more difficult. Yeah, Hoyland, he's done well in the Champions League. That's a lot of pressure that we're putting on a young kid who's playing for the first time with, with this, this many eyeballs yeah, on him. With the price tag? Okay, yeah, with the price tag. It's not his fault that he had that price tag. But it's, He wasn't worth it. No, but it's it Manchester United's level. fault yeah. that he's not putting up the numbers that he should for that type of money. It shows the expectation. It's Manchester United's fault, not his fault. That's still a lot of pressure to look at this and say, all right, lead us to beat Bayern Munich. The guy was playing at Atalanta last year. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, we're not talking about... Leading the goal scorer in Serie A at, at, at Atalanta either. He didn't you know, do it's much. Not, you're not you're not buying him and saying, "Hey, this is the top goal scorer in Serie A." Now he's going to come to Premier League and and do what Erling Holland did. Well, that's the he, problem. He's being compared. He's in the same city as Erling Holland. He's tall. He's blonde. They think this is our replacement. This is our version of Erling Holland. That's like not Danish. at all. Yeah, that's, he's, that's not what you're getting at all. <laughs> I, but this is an opportunity for him to turn it on and start to sort of you know get the crowd behind this team. There, this is a moment where you've said it, Eric Ten Hag. We're about to see what what he's made of. What is the pre pre match speech going to be? What's the halftime speech going to be? How do you get this team inspired to play well in spite of all the noise around I got, I got one for the Argentine here. Mm-hmm. How important is Lissandro Martinez? Very. Because well, it, I feel like no one talks about it. And there have been moments where he has looked silly, right? He, he, he dives in. It seems in. like that was early on. Right. right. Seems like he settled there in. There have been some moments even after league. that. 
But how valuable is he to Eric Ten Hag? Because it seems like when he's playing alongside Varane, that it's been lights out. They've been, they've been so good. But no one's really talking about his absence. Manchester United has a plethora of absences that clearly have hindered the, the shape and the form of this team. But many people go, many teams go through that. And, and that's part of the sport, right? Lisandro Martinez, nonetheless, is essential to the setup just because he's so clean out of the back. And, and he's one of the guys that Ten Hag went after. He, he's one of Ten Hag's guys. So let's remember that from, from Ajax. And he's so clean out of the back like nobody else really. And that permits you also to put Luke Shaw back at left back. Mm -hmm. He's been playing left center back. And not only he, Ten, Ten Hag at this point is preferring Luke Shaw at left center back. He, he made that switch mid-game, which is... Absolutely wild. Want to move on quickly, though, to the other game because mm -hmm. it, it is very exciting. Copenhagen against Galatasaray. Galatasaray goes back to the Parkin Stadium where they won the 2000 UEFA Cup against Arsenal. So there is European magic in the air. Meanwhile, the Parkin Stadium is an absolute fortress mm -hmm. for FC Copenhagen. You were in Denmark recently. How was that experience and what, what, what are the vibes like today in, in the capital of Denmark? You know, I, I experienced, the beautiful thing about traveling is you learn about different mentalities, you learn about, about the way that people live. In Copenhagen, the mentality that they have about always wanting to win, they went in against a game against Manchester United saying, we're going to win today. Every single person in the state, I was like, all right, these guys are a little bit crazy. You know, usually Italian teams, we like to play the opposite. Oh, no, we're not going to win. They're favorites. It's a big team. This, this organization, they come into games and group stages where they only have two losses in 17 home group stage matches, only losing to Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. They do not lose at home in the Champions League. It is going to be an amazing match. I know Galatasaray is your team. I know that they've shown really good things uh, in the nah. Champions League, but I do not see Copenhagen losing this match. Same. Uh, I think it's ins inspirational what they do. The way they play, they're so brave. They want to attack. They want to win. They're not sitting back in a low block and trying to absorb any pressure. And especially at home, they go after you. Players like El Yunusi, we've seen in, in, in the Premier League, it's, they play a really fast, exciting way. And if they get that home crowd behind them, it's similar to Galatasaray. When they're, when they're home, they're a different team. Same thing with Copenhagen. At Parkin, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. Are you counting out Galatasaray, Nico? I'm not simply because of the European magic. There's something with Galatasaray and, and the Champions League and, and European football that's different, especially when they've put together super teams. I and mean, we go back to the super team from, what, 10 years ago where they had Drogba, Felipe Melo, Schneider, um, and, and they had a, a strong team. And, Galatasaray needs to gel still. Ooh, they're, a okay. team, they're a team that has missed a lot of chances. And I go back to match day one when they were down 2-0 mm -hmm. against Copenhagen. Galatasaray were better through 90 minutes. They had so many chances. And that game can very probably come and bite them in the butt. They were, they were, they were better than Copenhagen. They showed that they were a team with more quality just that you, ne you need to finish your chances. And I, and I said it after match day one. In Turkish Super League, it's okay if you miss chances against Alanya Sport. It's okay if you miss your chances against Samsung Sport because you're gonna generate so many. But now, you build a super team, we're at this point where you need to prove it. Also, look out for Copenhagen. We just saw the goal. Bardaji, 17-year-old Swedish right winger. He is the talk of the town over there. Every single person is like, he's our next superstar. He needs to have a, another big magical night in Champions League tonight. Yeah, with El Yunusi and Klaeson leading the lines for Copenhagen, it should be a fun one. Um, these are the teams, by the way, that have already qualified, which are a lot of them. Um, 
Bayern, Atletico, Arsenal, Lazio, you name it. 12 out of the 16 spots are filled, filled I believe. It's 10 teams fighting for four spots left in the Champions League. So it is now crunch time. We're going to take a break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Much more Champions League and much more of everything in the world of football coming up. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. is denied what would have been a seventh. That's Sensational. Awesome. I love those. I, every time they do those, I absolutely love them. So, some, I don't know who started this, but you can go on YouTube and from when Ray Hudson and, and Phil Shane were calling the, the Messi, the Barcelona era, the best. The magisterial era. Era. Back in the day, they have, you can go on YouTube and see hours and Hours of, of those like animations, they're 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 very funny. Have you not seen is them? Is that what you did? <laughs> no, <laughs> he I, does I that remember. on his like Saturday, Saturday night. night. <laughs> did you say you texted him on Saturday night? He was Saturday busy. At nine o'clock. I'm like, yeah, Yo, you in the city? He's like, I'm at home in my apartment. I'm like, cool. <laughs> watching watching those videos for also, five hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a loner sometimes, guys. No, I, no we I, can I, hang out. Don't worry, Nico. I haven't seen I haven't seen them. You haven't seen them? No. Oh, they're hilarious. Can you send me a link? Huh? Can you send me the link? Yeah, I can. Yeah, don't worry. He's got it bookmarked. Yeah, Saved on his home page. <laughs> it's, his, it's his home page. With the headline, Samra, Samra, tell me you've seen these videos. Of course I have. Ah, of course you have. I'm a huge fan. I love them. Yeah, I they're think they're hilarious. great. They make me smile. They make me laugh. You know? They're creative. You got, yeah, you they're very creative. Here. There you go. They're lovely. You, now you got to send Charlie the link. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, <laughs> I'll get done. you up to speed. Don't worry. Thank I got you covered, you. my man. Thank you. By the yeah. way, I like what you've done with the place. It looks beautiful. Thanks. See, I wanted to give it a little, a little touch of, of, you know, holiday magic. Yeah, I love it. I love you it. think he did that? Susanna, let me host for <laughs> You think he said this? He doesn't even yeah. make his bed over here. Bro, the bougainvilleas? Are you kidding me? I went to go cut them myself. Ah, yes. Bougainvilleas. Yes. Yeah. A man of many talents. Nico Cantor. Cultivating. Okay, well, we're going to give him a chance to uh, drink his mate, to enjoy it, you know, like a, Thank you. a wonderful Argentinian should. And I'll read you through uh, the headlines that we have for you then. And we can start in Turkey, where the shocking assault on a first division referee has led to the suspension of all. 
all professional soccer matches in the country. Ankara Guju President Faruk Koja punched Turkish FIFA referee Halil Umut Meler after Ankara Guju's stoppage time lost to Rize Spor. Meler fell to the ground after being punched and was then kicked while on the ground, leaving him bloodied and with a black eye. An arrest warrant has been issued against Koja and the Turkish Football Federation issued a statement that read in part, the related club, club chairman, club officials and all those guilty of attacking referee Umut Meler will be punished in the strongest terms possible. Meanwhile, in neighboring Greece and much in the same vein, unfortunately, government officials have issued a ban on fans attending Greek league matches for the next two months in response to the injuring of a police officer at a volleyball match between teams owned by Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. A 31-year-old police officer was critically injured by a flare when rival fans clashed at the volleyball match hosted by Olympiakos. As a result, all Super League matches will be played behind closed doors until February 12th. CC, MLS, that is why they don't don't allow players. <laughs> Very good point. Well, back home here in the States, the U.S. women's national team will face Mexico, Argentina, and the winner between Guyana and the Dominican Republic in the inaugural CONCACAF W Gold Cup. The group stage draw for the tournaments was held last night and hosted by our very own Susanna Collins. The U.S. women's national team will face the Guyana Dominican Republic winner on February 20th. Argentina, three days later, then will close out the group stage on February 26th against Mexico. All three group matches will be played at the Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. What well up, Kelly? Well done, Susanna! Well done, Susanna! <laughs> in MLS news, Inter Miami has confirmed it will take part in the Riyadh season Cup, setting up a dream matchup between Lionel Messi and Miami against Cristiano Ronaldo and Al Nasser. The long-time rivals are scheduled to face off on February 1st, three days after playing a big spending Al-Hilal. Inter Miami's announcement comes shortly after the Herons confirmed a pre-season match in Hong Kong on February 4th. Messi-Miami will also face the El Salvadorian national team in San Salvador on January 19th. In more American soccer news, the finalists for U.S. Soccer's Player of the Year awards were unveiled yesterday. Christian Pulisic headlines the list of the Men's Player of the Year finalists, joining AC Milan teammates Eunice Musa, forwards Flaren Balogun and Ricardo Pepe, and goalkeeper Matt Turner. Pulisic has won the award three times, including last year, while Turner is a finalist for the third time. Captain Lindsay Horan, forward Sophia Smith, defenders Crystal Dunn, Emily Fox and Naomi Girma were selected as finalists for the U.S. Women's Award. Smith won the award last year. Fans will have the opportunity to vote on both awards, with fan voting accounting for 15% of the overall tally, with the rest coming from national team players, coaches, media and other constituents. Award winners will be announced in January. Now, Charlie, I didn't have the opportunity yesterday to ask you a question, so I'm going to field this one to you yes, today. Yes, okay. It feels like Pulisic is a shoe-in for the men's award, but mm -hmm. whenever it comes to the women's award, if you had to place a vote, who would it go for? Mm. I, would, I would give my vote to Lindsay Horan. I think she's been so solid and consistent for the U.S. women's national team. And uh, probably a close second, Naomi Gurma. I think she did extremely well this year uh, for, for San Diego. And... You know, it's one of those things where you look at the women's game and, you know, it, it was tough from the U.S. perspective because they're not getting the most out of this group. But I feel like Lindsay Horan is one that you could say she has delivered. Um, and, and I think she is the shoe in to win this award. 
Any other candidates? Who would you vote for? I don't disagree. Actually, those are the two really? that I would. Yeah, those are the two that I would go for. I think Lindsay in that Rand, order. Yeah, probably. And I think also Lindsey Graham being co-captain. Yeah, it was in a great World Cup, but I think in, you know showing her her leadership, um, and especially as some of like that old. The old guard is kind of now moving on. Lindsey Horan is still there, still being a leadership, sort of taking on that role a bit more. And also, I think it's important that she's implementing herself really well on a European team, which is something that I think she's we haven't seen. She, she's a baller. Mm -hmm. She's Absolutely. a baller. And I don't think she got the credit she deserved for, for how she's played with the women's, with this women's national team. I told Darian, I don't know why she doesn't get the same plaudits that all of the other players, probably the ones that are the, the poster women of, the, of this national team. Lindsay Horan is the nucleus of this setup. Without her, the U.S. doesn't play. And, and all credit to, that's not to minimize anything that Naomi Gurma has done, because defensively, I think the United States defensively did what they needed to do, but offensively, for example, at the World Cup, they should have been more prolific. And I feel like it, my vote does go for Lindsay Horan, but it feels like at a World Cup year when you're, when a defensive player is not getting that, when your offense didn't do enough, it feels like it's it's more trendy towards. Uh, I think you're right. The Germa and, and vote. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what Emma Hayes can do with Sophia Smith. How can she get her the most out of Sophia Smith? Because Sophia Smith didn't have a strong World Cup. But I think what's really tough is the Young Player of the Year award for 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 the for the men. Mm. Um, there there were a number of players who have played considerable minutes. So if you're looking at Benjamin Kermaski, you're looking at uh, Neem Fasha, um, you're looking Bershamas, at... yeah. 15-year-old, um, right? Yeah, 15-year-old playing at the U-17 World Cup and, and doing really well. How about a Dominican? Kevin Paredes. Paredes go. Um, you know, so it, that's a much more difficult vote. Who would you lean towards there? I think I'm leaning toward Kevin Paredes yeah. at this point. Um, I know he hasn't played that mm. much with, with his club in Germany, but I think what we've seen from him, it's... He's done really well. Sorry to put he's his influence in the men's national progress. team, too. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's making incredible progress. All right, let's see how the votes turn out then. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a break. We're going to answer your questions on the other side. Our Champions League mailbag is in. Let's open it up. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back, guys. It's time to open our Champions League mailbag. Who's the one that opened it up? You I think I did asked. the video. There yeah. you go. And Put the question out there. All the fans wanted all the answers. Oh, we got a couple good ones, too. We do. Let's yeah. get right into it. At AndyBone94, will Bayern Munich keep the unbeaten streak of Champions League group stage alive tomorrow versus or today, rather, versus Manchester United. By the way, let me tell you what that win streak is. It's 39 games undefeated in the Champions League group stage. 17-game winning streak was snapped against Copenhagen on match day five, yet they are still undefeated. Do they keep it, yes or no? I don't think Manchester United wins. I, I, Bayern, Bayern's not going to lose. It'll be a win or tie. For, for Bayern, that's the way I see it. And I think to you know, rub salt in the wounds for Manchester United, Copenhagen, and Galatasaray ends in a tie. 
but they're not going to be Ooh. able to get the job done. Oh, that would be I, that, That's how I see it. I know I know we're going to speak to Poppy, <laughs> and she's the one that, that, that wants be, to see a Man oh, United win. But. Good. Point the, point the comments at him this time. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I think Bayern don't lose. I, I think the streak I'm stays agreeing, alive. Man. Yeah, I'm agreeing. But I also see Copenhagen winning. I could see this being a draw, United-Bayern. Mm. Yeah. What Feels like when United, excuse me, when Bayern Munich smells blood in the water, they're like the team that you want to stay away from the most. They have this cutting edge to them. Great white shark mentality that, remember in Finding Nemo, and the yeah. eyes go black. That's how Bayern Munich is against a team that has this this weakness. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to put you in timeout, Charlie. <laughs> I just had to look at him when you said, because you know he doesn't watch cartoons or anything I have like no that. Idea what you're talking anything about. to do with kids, he's like, I'm out. And you, you throw in Nemo. I, I love Nemo too. Okay, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put you yeah, in Nemo. But I will hey. say, they just lost 5 1. They're not going to lie. Two in a row. Back to back. Hey, this happening. is my Champions League favorites right here, Bayern Munich. That's why they went out and got Harry Kane. You're spending all this money to win this competition. Question number two from at Bernice Kazira. Thoughts Mm. on Arsenal's squad this season? Will they make at least quarterfinals? Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. This is their first time back in Champions League in a long time. So excuses already. Come on, you have a great team. I'm not making excuses. I'm simply saying we have a young squad and they're still gelling and we have a couple of injuries. That said, I do believe we have the talent to get to the quarterfinals. Does that answer your question? No. Did I avoid it? Yes. I'm going to say say right now, this this is not a hot take. Arsenal have not played their best this season. If If you're looking at last season, how they're playing their absolute best and getting the most out of Bakayo Saka and Martinelli, this season has not been stellar for Arsenal, and they're still doing well, which gives, I think, all Arsenal fans a lot of hope because right now you're still trying to figure out what the best midfield trio is. You're still trying to, with Declan Rice and Odegaard, who's that, who's that third that makes them well? I think if Thomas Partey gets healthy, maybe that's him. Maybe that's right. what the difference is. And then number nine, Gabby Jesus has to be better. In front of goal, you mean in more front clinical? Because yes. I think he's doing everything else. Yeah, but he, he's well. got to he's got to be more clinical. I think, I think. But if you look at Mikel Arteta has said that he doesn't want there to be a focal point of scoring. That's why he's not putting extra pressure on Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, to he be, says that to because, carry. because no, no. he doesn't want the pressure. But on no, Gabriel but look Jesus. at the, look at the way the stats are. He wants he wants the goal scoring uh, you know load to be carried by everybody. That way, no defense can really focus on one person. That's why he was. That's why he's kind of adamant about mm. not wanting a, a typical target man. Yeah, right? it because didn't work out for Man City at all. Mm-hmm. I said it didn't work out for no, Manchester it City but at again, all. It's, again, it's what he wants. And if that's the case, then I'm happy with what Gabriel Jesus is doing. But I agree. Those opportunities that he has, mm-hmm. he has to get them. He has to get them I don't want you to head. be fooled by what he says to the media. Remember, he's, I'm he's cut from the same cloth as Guardiola. He looks at Guardiola as the icon, as the beacon. Mm-hmm. Now, if Guardiola goes out and gets Erling Holland because he's missing a striker, yeah. and that's what won him a treble, you're going to tell me that he's going to go, actually, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go by committee. And I, I don't want my number nine to be a goal scorer. I want him actually just to have fun and score here and there, but I want the whole team. No, you have a nine on the field for one reason only, and that's to score goals. Let's yes, you, it, it, it has evolved, and now the nine, as, a, as in, a, in a system when you have Martinelli and Saka, to be more involved, pull people out of spaces, to get them isolated 1v1. But when you have a nine to win Champions League, that guy's got to score goals. 
They'll Listen, be very reliant again, on who they play in the next round. Let's just put it like that. So th- that's where I was going to go, it's, right? It's like last year. Remember the one side of the bracket? If Milan would have gone on the other side, they would never have gone to the semifinals. But because they fell on a fortunate side, so, that's how they got there. Thinking of just round of 16, because you've got to take a step-by-step. You can't get ahead of yourself if, mm-hmm. if you're Arsenal, if you're anybody really at this point. I'm going to throw out some second-place teams. You guys just tell me yes or no today. <laughs> Obviously, this is in, f- in February. Ready? The second-place teams could very be Manchester United, Galatasaray, or Copenhagen. Arsenal's better today yes, yes. Than, than all of them. Okay, here we go. Because Arsenal is top of the group no matter what today. Napoli. Yeah, I'll take it all day. I would yeah. love yeah. that matchup. I'll, I'll, I would, I'll, I would, take, I'll take it all day. Take it to, Ready? All day. Remember, I'll be happy. Alec I would Baldwin love to go against their you manager. Guys. Alec Baldwin's their manager. If, I, think we, I think we got it. If I'm Arsenal today, I will take Napoli. But here's where it gets tricky. Inter... I don't give them too much. Inter attention. will smack you guys around. I don't know why. They relax, will smack relax, you guys I don't know about smack smacking around, but yeah, Inter are the better, better team. Okay. I, I wouldn't go yes. that far. Okay. I like I it. You guys there's there's also a possibility of Real Sociedad, but let, let's continue. Atletico Madrid, not too sure. Lazio. No, they'll, they'll be Lazio. I would take Lazio. Lazio. They'll be Lazio. All day. Okay, Arsenal ready? take Lazio. Are Arsenal today better than Milan, Newcastle, or PSG? Milan, Newcastle, or PSG? Probably better than Milan at this point. Yes, yes, no. I think PSG could give him fits. Okay. I don't know what that means. Give, give him fits? problems. Give them. Ah, okay. Mbappe and Dembele. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and then there's the other Le- Leipzig toss-up and then Shakhtar Donetsk and, and, and Porto. I think Arsenal obviously can so, yes. probably win against these. So, so the answer is there's, there's so you guys better chance. go through to the next round. They better get yeah. to the quarterfinals. All right, so last one for you. Tell me. Will Milan qualify to the knockout round? Uh, I, the fact that they're the fact that they're in last place, the fact that they're in last place, only Sadiq. He said he said he was like Arsenal will never be Milan. He just starts going. No, I said the opposite. The fact that they are last place and have only scored three goals yet still have a chance makes me feel like it's like everything is working in their favor to be able to pull this out of the last second. But what they need to do, go to St. James's Park to beat Newcastle. I don't care that Newcastle's not in a good form. This Milan, I don't see them going there to get their job done. Mm. And they still need Dortmund to be able to beat PSG. It can't even end in a tie anymore. It's too many things to, to happen. I don't think they go through. Yeah, and the way that Dortmund is playing. I know in Champions League they're playing well, but they're already qualified. They can bring it down a couple of gears, and PSG is going to be ravenous. If they pull this out of their hats somehow after being this awful in the Champions League, that would it would be, be a miracle. Never be say, like, so never, say never, but there. yeah, the, Whoever, the odds so are... If, if you had to bet on it, yeah. you probably wouldn't. They're not well, in their favor. No, not this group. We we probably not oh. bet on it. Whoever, by the way... The odds are probably crazy. Maybe you do <laughs> then Charlie, sprinkle. Do a little Charlie sprinkle. Eight, I was like eight, this. Parlay. <laughs> now you better Manchester United to go through, Milan to go no. through. What are the odds on that? Uh, that give, give your money to Charlie at that point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Listen, out of that group F, somebody's going to have a little bit of a crisis, whoever doesn't make mm-hmm. the, the next round. So there's going to be a lot to talk about in the next couple of days. But in the next segment, we're talking and breaking down... XG with Charlie and Alexis over there that have something prepared for you guys. So stick around. It should be a fun one. Excited? Yo, I can't wait. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. 
especially in soccer nowadays, there's a lot of talk about this stat, expected goals, XG abbreviated. What is it? We always see it come up at halftime, at full time. We've got Charlie Davies and Alex G. Guerreros to explain. <laughs> Boys, take it away. All right, what's up, everybody? Listen, I know this confuses a lot of people, and I know it's frustrating. In particular, once they added XG to match of the day in England, this whole thing blew up. It's a simple stat that involves a lot of data. And I, English people got mad. They're like, oh, this is match of the day, not maths of the day, mate. Don't make me do math. I get it. I get it, but just relax. It's very simple. We're gonna explain how it's used. It's simply taking, and now it's using AI. Before it was actually people punching in dots, but it's simply taking a bunch of previous games and saying if a shot was taken from this position with this foot being the strong foot or the weak foot, this is how, whether you should expect it to go in and out or by how, what percentage. So it, people are like, why do we need this? Why is this important? Well, let me show you a couple guys who use it, and you can tell me if it's important. I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys. Uh, one of them, Pep Guardiola. The other one, Jurgen Klopp. That's Brad Pitt. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, it's just assume... Look, there's a guy named, uh, you know, uh, Billy Bean, who did this whole thing called Moneyball, but you don't know who, what Billy Bean looks like, so Brad Pitt played him in a movie. He's prettier to look at, so we put him on the screen. Uh, very simply, these guys use this to analyze their players, whether it's for transfers, they have whole data. They have, like, data analytics, data scientists that work for their club. Now, Jurgen Klopp in particular, when he first joined uh, Liverpool, he was talking with the Liverpool owners, and he had just had a, suffered a bad loss at Dortmund in the Champions League, and he said, hey, you should have won that game. And Jurgen Klopp's like, oh, you watched? You watched the game? And he goes, no. The analytics told me that. Huh. And that's the moment that Jurgen Klopp started to become really interested in analytics and really made him almost like a, uh, someone who just really follows it strictly and loves the fact that the club that he's a part of uses analytics. In fact, when he wanted to sign a player, he said, hey, we should go after Julian Brandt. He was playing at Leverkusen at the time. And the analytics said they should sign Mohamed Salah, who had a bad run at Chelsea previous. So he was like, oh, I don't want a guy who's already failed in the Champions League. And they said, no, 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 trust us. The analytics said we should sign him. Well, they did. And that guy has become the Egyptian king, Mohamed Salah. I'm sure you've seen him do this before. And the other guy, yeah, he's still just known as Julian Brandt. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? All right, not you, a bad you took a stray. Wow. Not Julian Brandt took a stray. But I think you get what I'm saying here. Catchy now, strays. let's talk about what is XG. Okay, it's very simply a number that's associated with how good of a chance you've taken. The problem that confuses people is that it's not just about the chance you took, but you can accumulate it throughout the match. So a player like Charlie, let's say a player like Charlie, incredible player, you've seen him play for the men's national team, let's say he takes one shot in a game. And let's say me terrible player, takes 10 shots in a game. If that's all you saw was 10 shots versus one shot, you'd say, whoa, Alexis had a better game. Now think about it. Me versus him, who's going to have a better chance at scoring a goal? Me taking 10 shots or Charlie taking one? XG helps bridge that gap of understanding. It doesn't define a player. It simply helps you analyze a player. Okay? We're also going to take a look at some of goals, and you're going to explain to us why some goals have higher XG and some lower, and some right. went in and some didn't. So let's take a look at the first goal. We're mm -hmm. going to go with... Rasmus Hoyland and what that looks like for Manchester United in the Champions League. And the reason why the XG is so high, it's, it's, it's because of where he's taking that shot and there's no defenders. Mm -hmm. It's the margin for error. How is it? Is it big, little? And in this case, it's very, very big. Right. And it's a tap-in. Of course, they're playing Copenhagen here. The ball breaks out. You see Rasmus Hoyland, the position, he's far up the field. As this ball gets wide, players are making runs. Now space starts to open up. 
and you see Hoyland, he's right there in that box. McTominay makes a great run here, and he fizzes the ball across. Now look, as he gets there, the goalkeeper's out of position, defender's not there, he sneaks in, no one's there. Now, the reason why the XG is 92%, 0.92, so 92%. Which is crazy. Because that means you can mishit it, it yeah. can come off your heel, off your toe, off your shin, and still go in the goal because there's nobody there. So 92% of the time, that's going to be a Which goal. is a point ninety two. That's all they show. And by the way, simply what that means is if this were to happen 100 times, 92 of them would go in, 8 of them you'd miss crazy. Next, let's look at the Copenhagen goal here from Muni Badaji. So in this case, the XG is low. And it's because of the defender, the goalkeeper, and, and the the difficulty as it's bouncing. So as the header comes out, look, there's a bounce. Goalkeeper, defender, everyone in the position, perfect also, technique. He's taking it high, which isn't always the best, and boom. And that is a .13, 13% of the time that only right. goes in. Hmm. So that kind of gives you an idea of how difficult that shot was. Now my argument is, the XG would be 1.13 no matter who's taking it from that position. Right. So if a center back in. hits it, right. But it went in. But if a center back hits it, right. you're going to say, would that be the same percentage as a striker? So, and this is important. I'm glad you bring this up. This is simply saying across all of the people who would have taken that shot, the average would have been 13% of them would have gone in. So mm -hmm. it's a 0.13 uh, XG. If you're a better striker, Charlie you're going to get that goal in more opportunities than not. If you're a terrible striker, this guy with a terrible foot, it's going to go in less than even 13% of the time or 0.13. That's simply saying across all the people who've taken a shot from this angle with this many defenders, across all these matches previously, 13% of them have gone in. That's simply the way of understanding it. So a player like Erling Holland doing that will have a higher, mm -hmm. a, 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 there's a higher likelihood that goal goes in versus someone like you said, a center back, let's say a, uh, you know, a Varane. And, and a Hong Ming Song is a, an, another player like Sonny who always outperforms his XG. Always, because he's a great player. Because he's a great finisher, yeah. no matter how difficult the chance is. <laughs> right. So let's take another look at another uh, a goal from uh, Sasha Bowie here, which is .02, which is incredible. Right, and there's a, a fullback, by the way. <laughs> yes, the angle, <laughs> yeah. the difficulty of this goal uh, probably doesn't get the credit it deserves. And this is one of those moments where when you're looking at it, you're like, man, he's pretty close to goal. But in terms of how difficult it is, you see, this is going to be an entertaining match today, Galatasaray, Copenhagen. I can't wait. But as you see, that they're throwing numbers forward. They're trying to get back in the game. It's the 86th minute. You see how many defenders are in the box. Still moving around. Look at Sasha Bowie. He's got, he's got the circle around him. And look at this little nifty pass. And look, I mean, this goalkeeper is a in shot. position, defender closing him down, the ball's in the air, and he absolutely hammers it. Yeah. So that's a fantastic goal and a 2% chance of finishing from that angle. Phenomenal. Which is, again, someone overperforming their XG or the XG of the opportunity. And I think that's where people get confused is because you could have XG for a team, you could have XG for a player. It's simply accumulating it throughout a match. You're saying, here's all the opportunities taken. Here's what should have been netted on average, I whether think you're good or bad. It's also important to note that just because a team has a higher XG than the other mm -hmm. does not mean that team 
was the better team throughout the game. No, it simply means they created better opportunities on average. That's simply all it means. But we've seen teams defend in the low block and take one or two opportunities and still win versus a team that had tons of chances. Right. And it's a better way of analyzing versus the simple stats we've used in the past, which is just saying possession. Shots or shots on target. Yeah, shots on target. They don't tell you how many great shots. Like simply, you can simply say, very simply, like if you're really close to goal, there's a higher likelihood that goes in. If you're really far from goal, there's a less likelihood. Now, let's take at a miss, yes. a look at a miss of a high XG miss. Because this I, happens. I, this does happen. I and don't know why I know this is this well, it's hard for you to watch. This the former NYCFC player Tati Castellanos. Golden ball winner. As you can see, he's, <laughs> he's high up the pitch. He's making good runs. The ball comes across for Lazio. Now, rebound. Look, he has that. everything. <laughs> you can't but miss this. The ball ends up going over right. and this was not a 0.93 xg but missed yeah and yes it was a little bit difficult because of the reaction time but you got to finish that you got to finish that but again that's why it's such a high xg because it's like yo everybody else would have finished that why didn't you I go back to nycfc <laughs> we miss you yeah, I mean, they, they really missed him this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's just a simple way of explaining XG. It's not that scary. You don't need a calculator. Everybody relax. Yeah, I wonder what his uh, XG was when he scored those four goals against Real Madrid. <laughs> hey. Well done, boys. Yeah. Well done. That was great. Hey, yeah, well done, guys. Yeah, and, and one player that you'd want to scout, Bundesliga, Victor Boniface. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, Underperforming XG. XG. Like it's real. We didn't make it up, and we're loving it. We're heading into a break. Don't go anywhere. Poppy Miller from Manchester is next. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.